Welcome back, insiders. We have a very special episode today on innovations in smart buildings. We're going to focus on Cisco's new smart office in New York City, located at Pen One Plaza. For this discussion, I'm joined by Bob Cicero from Cisco and several of our partners that helped develop the Cisco Pen One office. Dwight Stewart from Igor, Giovanni Frezza from Molex, David Robinson from Meco, and Daniel Smith from Technion. Thank you for joining everybody. Could you all please introduce yourselves and give us some background on your companies? This is Dwight Stewart and I'm with Igor. I'm the founder and CEO. Uh, we're all about making buildings deliver powerful outcomes. And really the name Igor is a play on Frankenstein whereby Igor plays and brings your buildings digitally to life. And specifically, Igor is an IoT infrastructure that transforms non-IP devices like lighting and sensors to become power over Ethernet devices that are powered, connected, and secured on an IP network. And then once you have those devices connected, Igor automates powerful building experiences for commercial buildings, schools, and healthcare. Good afternoon. I'm Bob Cicero with Cisco. I lead our smart buildings business in the Americas, which is U.S., Canada, and Latin America. This is Giovanni Frezza, Director of Product and Technology Development at Molex. I lead uh, smart building and IoT application uh, for commercial and enterprise. This is David Robinson. I'm the Director of Automation uh, for a company called Meco. Meco is traditionally a shade manufacturer. However, we have perfected the capacity of automating shades um, and ultimately sharing that data with other subsystems in the building to optimize their performance to ensure that occupants are kept thermally and visually comfortable at all times. Hello, my name is Daniel Smith. I'm the Director of Product Management and Marketing with Technion. Technion is a leading manufacturer of commercial office interiors, and I'm very pleased to be joining this group of innovators for today's discussion. Cisco and Technion have a rich history of smart partnerships, and today's topic is no exception. Looking forward to the conversation. Great. Thank you guys so much. I'm really excited to have you all on the show. So first off, I want to start with Bob. How do you define a smart building? At Cisco, we define a smart building as truly digitizing real estate, where we're trying to amplify the intersection of people and space. Fundamentally, what we see is the infrastructure from a building standpoint is moving from line voltage to low voltage. But quite frankly, we're trying to unlock all the data sources that are nascent in the environment to be able to amplify that intersection of people and space to make buildings truly programmable and think about technology as that fourth utility in the building. Awesome. And from the rest of our panel, does anyone have something that you'd like to add to the definition from your perspective or your company's perspective? Um, this is David from Mecca. Um, just from, from our perspective, uh, we, we really want to have the ability to actually share the information that we're gathering at any given time, uh, be this from a a lighting perspective or from a thermal perspective, um, sharing that information with other subsystems within the building to ensure that those systems can perform optimally to ensure comfortable environment for the occupants of the space at any given time. We see this data sharing as one of our key features which we can actually enhance a digital building environment. Uh, this is Danny. Uh, in addition to David's point, uh, from a commercial furniture perspective, a smart building should also be able to accommodate changes in user comfort preferences, needs, and functional requirements. Uh, Real-time personal workspace insights is a truly sought-after commodity in today's office environment, and uh, today's discussion is allowing us to access this. 
This is Giovanni. To add um, to the additional comments, the definition of smart building um, embrace is smart building essentially integrates major building systems on a common network and shares information and functionality between systems to improve energy efficiency, operational effectiveness, and occupant satisfactions. So essentially is not only having individual systems that are intelligent, but having the system converging on uh, a same network and sharing information to amplify and open uh, IoT application beyond uh, the, the typical automation that every system is capable of. This is Dwight Stewart with Igor. And in addition to what has already been said, a couple aspects that really empower smart buildings to be meaningful is that it conforms to context change. So as the a same space changes over time and in way in which people are using it, uh, the space itself changes in the way it, it accommodates those people. And then also designing with intent uh, such that you can be agile to iterate over time. You have that initial intent, but everyone knows that buildings aren't used as their first design. So having that ability and flexibility is really important. Great. Thank you, guys. And, and actually, to think more about the design intent behind a smart building, let's talk about the Cisco Pen1 office specifically. Um, Bob, how long did it take to create this smart office? And what exactly did the team here consider in its development? From a Pen1 perspective, Cisco has been here for many years. From a location standpoint, it's in Midtown Manhattan. It's 58,000 rentable square feet, 44,000 usable. And from we've been in this building for over 15 years in the same space. We took this as an opportunity to really think broadly about our real estate strategy as a company, just not this one location. So we're really thinking about real estate from a platform standpoint. The journey we have been on for this particular space, if you look at it from a conception standpoint, through design, through build, and now when we're occupying it, it's actually been a three-year journey for us. Obviously, from a pandemic perspective, that extended the timeline quite significantly. But that also gave us the opportunity to really fundamentally rethink our strategy from a real estate standpoint, but also the design aspect of it. So we look from a design perspective, we look at four major key fundamental principles that we anchor around when we start thinking about space design at Cisco. First is from the standpoint of hybrid, and we think from a hybrid perspective is that we are going to be hybrid from a workforce standpoint. We were arguably hybrid before from a Cisco standpoint, but now when we think about hybrid, we have no fixed assets in, in the office anymore. There are no more assigned offices. Everything is 100% flexible. And fundamentally, we think that people are going to touch five to six different spots per day. The second element is from our net zero goals as a company, we are going to be net zero by 2040 for all scopes of emissions, scope one, two, and three. As we all know, buildings are a huge portion of emissions. So we look at from the standpoint of our net zero goals and re-platforming from line voltage to low voltage, being the opportunity to control every single watt of power that's being utilized here, but more importantly, the reporting elements of that. We've broadened that definition also to sustainability around recycled furniture, removing waste out of the construction project as well. Third goal is health and wellness. We think about health and wellness inside of space. It's about how do we maximize natural daylighting? How do we look at air quality and report on air quality to make sure that the air we are breathing inside of buildings is sufficient for all of us? And the fourth design goal is really to have that digital view of real estate. And we think about that digital view of real estate is just not a real-time view of what's happening here at Pen1, 
but also on a historical context when we start thinking about all the nascent data sets that we were pulling up through infrastructure. In fact, here at Penn, we have 5,000 data points that we were pulling up out of the combination of the technologies that we'll hear about today to be able to produce a digital view of our real estate platform. Awesome. Thank you for an overview on that design strategy. And I'd like to hear from the perspectives of the Cisco partners in this journey. Um, you know, what did each company bring to the table as far as the smart building technology that we were kind of starting to mention? And I'll pass it over to Giovanni first. Yes, from, from Molik's perspective, um, what we we take in the scope for a project was mainly uh, lighting and uh, the utilization of power over Ethernet lighting um, as an infrastructure also for sensory networks. So we cover the lighting application for uh, a, a, a large portion of the, of the building. And, and in particular, we integrated uh, in Pen One also the emergency lighting. Uh, I think saving addition, really, really um, an amount of cost on having uh, every luminar that is uh, used for ambient light uh, during normal operation also to be turned into an emergency lighting fixture. Uh, in addition to that, the lighting infrastructure and the lighting application for coursing uh, have hosted um, uh, environmental sensor providing temperature uh, and uh, humidity, uh, VOC, CO2 in a very granular way. And this information uh, through an integration that natively coursing uh, system and device offer on DNA spaces is made available to uh, to other system and to other application to be utilized. Hi, this is David from Meco again. And I think I just want to emphasize that Meco has approached the project at Pen One rather uniquely in terms of, firstly, we created a complete 3D model for the space. We gathered information from sensors. These are wireless daylight sensors. And then we interpreted this information to position the shade, depending on the orientation of that particular window during the course of the day, uh, to the optimal position so that ultimately the user is thermally comfortable, um, that they're visually comfortable, but ultimately that they that we can actually influence how other systems in the building actually operate at any given time. This can be found out to uh, how the HVAC responds in terms of the cutoff of thermal energy, as well as um, lighting requirements. We can actually control how much natural daylight or daylight comes into the space, and then the automated lighting system can adapt to achieve task luminances appropriately. The other side of it is that we've actually had the ability to demonstrate how low voltage motors can enhance the performance of a shading system, whereby you, we can currently control up to 300 square feet of fabric, which is an entire bay from a single low voltage motor, which is occupying a single port on a switch. So this, this, is, this has made it uh, significantly uh, reduced, it has actually reduced the cost significantly and the installation and energy costs have been enhanced significantly. This is Daniel. Uh, here at Technion, we were able to actually bring the tables to, to Pen One Smart Building. Uh, Cisco approached us with this idea of having an intelligent electric sit stand desk that was powered by Cisco PoE and capable of providing real time user feedback such as occupancy, cycles used, and maintenance diagnostics. 
Uh, we're so excited to be included in this opportunity. Uh, and we've been able to provide Pen1 with sit-stand desks capable of a use case as if it was plugged into standard 120-volt AC wall, uh, wall plug power and push data into the Cisco world of information. Uh, a real game changer for facility managers, real estate teams, and day two furniture space reconfigs. Uh, now off to Dwight. Thank you, Denian. Uh, this is Dwight Stewart with Igor. And uh, really from Igor's perspective, I first wanna say thank you to Cisco for their partnership and the opportunity to demonstrate all this technology in one highly accessible site for the industry. I think that's been very important for evangelism and really uh, seeing this become the mainstay technology uh, platform that can exist in the market. Igor's main contribution is power over Ethernet lighting, and specifically the collaboration spaces use Igor. Uh, these are technology-dense zones, including conference rooms and huddle zones, phone booths, and their theater area. And there is a lot of integration opportunities to create immense hybrid experiences, which is a primary objective of Cisco's. Igor powers, secures, connects the lighting, related sensors, touchscreen, wall controls. Uh, so a couple examples of experiences that we create from this are integrating to the WebEx experiences, where someone can just say, WebEx, turn on the lights, or control the Cisco collaboration touchscreen, uh, or be able to use a Touch 10 tabletop touchscreen to control the lighting. Uh, and adjusting lighting with context is essential. For example, we have all become accustomed to pointing lighting at our faces while on the web meetings, and every single light within the Igor system can be individually controlled in different scenes with when people are entering, leaving, or in hybrid meetings or in all in-person meetings. And so being able to change with context is incredibly important. Uh, also, something as simple as lighting sensors also capture environmental data used by Cisco for the HVAC climate control. And this data is made extremely valuable as paired with DNA spaces analytics for actionable outcomes for cost-saving space utilization and other insights. But overall, these are just a few examples of what we are doing. Not only is this space amazing, but also future enhancements are e easily within reach. It's really, really interesting to hear about all of these different components that went into this office. I think, especially with just looking at smart building technology overall, you don't really think about the specifics until you can hear about each of these contributions. So thank you guys for going into that. And I wanted to ask kind of a broader question for the group now. I know a lot of companies have sustainability goals, and it was mentioned a little bit earlier, but how specifically do these smart building technologies, um, different aspects, help companies reach those sustainability goals? I think it's important to look at from the standpoint of the total amount of tons of CO2 that are released from a building perspective. If we look at the world, there's 10 gigatons of CO2 that have been released by buildings. So typically from a corporate perspective is that one of the biggest CO2 emissions, depending on the business you're in, is actually the building aspect of it. So everything we look at from the standpoint of thinking about the CO2 emissions, not only from the standpoint of the ongoing basis, but also on the build side of it as well. When we made this fundamental shift to this low voltage environment that we're speaking about today, we removed thousands of pounds of steel and thousands of pounds of copper as, out of the project because we don't need that anymore because we designed and built in a different way. Likewise, on the side of the operating side of it is, is that we know from the standpoint of the ability for us to actually report real time from an energy usage standpoint, for us from a Cisco standpoint, we can pass that information to our energy team. 
unless it was metered before or submetered, it was very, very hard to go do that um, from a, you know, a budget perspective um, in a traditional built world. But all of these technologies for us at Cisco, whether it's the Meco platform, Molex platform, or Igor, as well as Technion from the standpoint of our sit-stand desks, all of these pieces of the puzzle were brought together from a data standpoint to be able to impact the total amount of energy being utilized here, whether it's from an HVAC standpoint, lighting standpoint, or on the desktop side in terms of looking at the energy utilization at the individual workstation. So all in all, it's been fantastic for us to be able to report on all this information coming at us um, from a sustainability viewpoint on the energy side, but then also on the carbon avoidance side when we start thinking about avoiding you know, pipe and conduit and the things that we look at from a traditional line voltage world. And this is David from Mecca. I think we can just build on that um, with regards to the energy reduction which is being achieved by subsystems within the space has clearly been demonstrated where there's significant solar control in terms of areas that have got solar exposure to them at any given time and have the shades deployed. That space is considerably cooler than any space that has got solar exposure but has not got the shade deployed. And that, I think, has been measured to up to 9 to 10 degrees difference in that space. So, hence, the HVAC doesn't have to work as hard to actually maintain the ambient temperature of what is set at the wall station. The other side of it is that Meco is constantly trying to optimize the performance of our system in terms of increasing the fan out of our devices. Currently, we are looking at operating two motors from a single port. Um, that is going to be enhanced in due course so that we could well be operating three or four motors per port. And that, in essence, is ensuring that we can minimize the amount of, of power drawn to actually facilitate the overall uniform performance of a shading system. The other side, just with regards to some of our sustainability goals, we've just recently been um, approved as a full cradle-to-cradle um, a, a, a certification for our motorized shade system. So everything that has been installed within the Pen1 project is actually cradle-to-cradle -cradle approved. Over to Damien. Thanks, David. Uh, to echo Bob's initial comments, using PoE-enabled workspaces will result in using less modular electrical systems in the actual furniture. Uh, this will result in less materials purchased and used. In addition, having user and workspace environmental data, such as air quality or noise level information, will significantly impact and assist maintaining a long and healthy life cycle for furniture use, its application, and its maintenance. Uh, this supports nothing but a strong, sustainable approach to workspace design. Wait. Thank you, Danian. Uh, we don't really see with smart buildings and uh, making sure that device level management and analytics, uh, including energy data, is captured and is able to be utilized. Uh, this really creates an actionable accountability and feedback to enable continuous improvement and optimization. And that's important, not just for optimizing, but also to take that data and there's new compliances and regulations that require uh, this data to, instead of it just being models, it, it's true actual data, and the SEC and others are looking for that in, in major corporations, for example. Uh, many lighting control systems will say, almost all, say they'll save 90% energy, but when you break it down, it's really an ideal laboratory environment where you can simulate that. But we've had examples where we look at the system, we can deploy our technology, we won't get the savings that we expect, but we can look at that data 
make some changes at a very granular level for light and then even change where the sensors are as necessary, where you hear uh, people provide feedback and other things. And then you can modify that system. And we've been successful in uh, saving and getting to that 90% threshold for energy savings and having the data to document that as well, while also not compromising safety, security, or health. So energy efficiency is incredibly important, but also it's one of those things that you can't compromise those other key building imperatives and keeping all those things in balance uh, with data, being able to justify that is incredibly powerful. This is Giovanni to to add on what the other panelists just discussed. Uh, I, I believe uh, there is a new angle on sustainability and everybody with the adoption of smart building uh, are able to see tangible outcome out of. So when we talk about sustainability, it's not only related to uh, reduction of carbon footprint or energy saving. Uh, we are convinced, and we see this uh, happening in Pen One and 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 another project. Sustainability drive innovation as well as profit. Uh, make some example that <clears throat> when you start to have granular data and and behavior. Uh, a behavior-based uh, optimization that can be done on fly. Uh, facility manager, facility people, looking at the behavior and occupancy behavior in particular, space utilization from the uh, granular array of sensors available, or uh, optimizing HVAC based on granular temperature, humidity, and air quality data, uh, obviously are able to gain additional uh, energy saving. But beyond that, uh, you can start to see uh, an optimization that is uh, really mimicking and, and, and learning on the utilization of the space. Uh, we are talking about flex, hybrid, uh, return to work and the ability to change configuration uh, and, and maintaining the system in a way that digitally uh, doesn't require reprogramming, doesn't require heavy maintenance, is additionally saving a lot of cost on the operation and, and maintenance of the building and making the building flexible to be adapted to the use of the space and eventually changing the use of the space on some area or some conference room or some aspect. Uh, ultimately, the saving in energy and the save in maintaining uh, and operating the building is drastically giving a return of investment uh, beyond just the carbon footprint reduction. There is also another aspect that I believe it's important. More and more, uh, the occupant and the uh, attention to the health and well-being, um, when uh, smart building is realized through a convergent network with intelligent system, connected device, offer the ability to not only uh, define uh, use cases and adaptation to the human being and health, but enhance and uh, provision a further expansion for uh, application to go. Uh, and, and in particular, the human health and well-being is another element that, in my opinion, enter in the sustainability definition, uh, not just the building itself, but how the work and the employee uh, feel. And, and there is an aspect related to productivity, time that you save when you book a room and the room is... Uh, 
is occupied and if you don't show uh, then the room is released and someone else can reoccupy the room uh, save time and save the experience and having in particular the lighting the air purification and the air quality at the level increase uh, productivity and 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 really engagement for the employee Great, thank you. And actually, that leads really well into my next question, um, what Giovanni was just saying about user experience and how employees can utilize this technology and it makes their not only their health and safety better, but also just their experience. Um, Bob, could you share, now that Pen1 is open and employees are using it, do you think that that design intent has been met as far as the technology you wanted them to have access to, but also the experience that employees are having there? Absolutely. So we've been open since April 4th um, for the entire Cisco community. Over 1,700 people could actually use this office in a, in a three-state basis. And what we think about from a design perspective is that we were designing all of this during COVID, so everything was done virtually. So we were looking at whether it's a 3D fly-through or at architectural drawings. Do we design the space right? But more importantly is we layered all these technology components in there. Technology, if done right, should be transparent to the end user, but achieve a delightful absolute experience for them inside of this space. So from a design standpoint, we achieved all of our goals and we are seeing fantastic results as the panelists mentioned today, whether it's from a nine degree temperature drop um, or from the standpoint of customized lighting control across all the platforms or showing the first ever PUE desks um, from the standpoint of the, from, from Technion, it's been fantastic. And we're measuring that which from the standpoint of the data side of it, we know that our end users are coming in and we see repeat visitors, but we also are starting to see come together some of our hypothesis around looking at the journey of people through space. We are seeing people touch five to six different areas a day. And we know that from the standpoint of the elements that they are touching, they're having a delightful experience throughout it. Um, and we look at it from the standpoint of the repeat visits as a true testament to how busy this office is. And from the standpoint of looking at all these technology components that came together to pull it together, it is absolutely transparent. Everything just works from the standpoint of people would expect from a workplace environment, but it is an elevated experience versus what you could get at home um, or, or other locations. So by and large, we are extremely not only excited, but pleased in terms of how all of our partners came together to build this for us. And this has undoubtedly become a new platform for us from a Cisco standpoint as we think about the millions of square feet that we have across the globe. Um, we're able to leverage this, scale it in a manner that makes sense for our organization. Well, after hearing all of that, I definitely would like to visit the Pen One office in New York. Sounds like it's a really great um, place to work. So let's just wrap things up with, I'd like to open the floor to all of our panelists here to kind of share any final thoughts they might have about smart building technology and maybe just the broader potential of, you know, what do you think is going to happen with the future of the smart building industry? From a smart building standpoint, I think that the time is now. It used to be an option when you started looking at building new space or renovating space. But when we look at all these nascent technology components and the sensory environment that's been created around us, we can now absolutely enable this without it being a long-term encumbrance from a site perspective. So in the real estate world, we typically think about 10 to 15 years but now we've put all these pieces of technology together. And I believe that this is quite frankly, just the start of it. When you think about the 5,000 data points that we are getting up out of this space, we're only starting to realize from the standpoint of how do we truly optimize space? We start to think about real estate in a loop where we look at all the data and insights we're gathering, but then how do we optimize it? 
And we'll continue to iterate on this as we go along from a Cisco standpoint. In fact, the decisions that we've made here from the, from the Pen 1 location, we are taking the learnings and looking at the data elements and studying them very intently to make design decisions for our next site. So we view this as an iterative loop that's going to continue um, from now until your, you know, you, the usable life of the space is over. But when we look at all these technology components coming together, we now have the opportunity with leveraging all the pieces of the puzzle that we brought together here to truly drive just an absolutely amazing end user experience. Hi, this is Daniel from Technion. Uh, the workplace is alive with data. Every IoT device can communicate insights to make businesses smarter, safer, and seamlessly connected. Technion sits down tables, work with PoE connected in the cloud to Cisco's DNA spaces to harness the power of data and make visible the behaviors of people and things across your ecosystem. Under one dashboard, providing actionable insights that drive real business results. We are really excited to be a part of this cutting edge ecosystem. So this is Dwight with Igor. Uh, through all the craziness of the last couple of years, we've all learned to expect change and either you adapt or die. And that's more literal than ever, unfortunately. Uh, by embracing open connectivity standards like PoE and USB, you can build complex systems in a simple modular way like Lego pieces yet have the ability to quickly and economically change as desired. Integration has been the failure point of broad smart building adoption. It's been custom and it's been very difficult to achieve and even more difficult to maintain. The other dimension is cybersecurity. It will always continue to grow as importance. Everything is going digital and security through obscurity through proprietary systems is not an honest solution. IP systems have operated at the most secure locations on Earth globally for any application at any scale for any use, any app, any user. There are legions of Cisco certified technicians, software, and best practices that secure every threat vector. And there is no better protection than making every device a secure IP device. This is Giovanni. Uh... As Molex, we'd be, we, we, we are proud to have contributed to the success of Pen1. I think it's been an incredible experience and a real-life uh, uh, evidence that the technology, the smart building, the power of an Ethernet convergence allow multi-vendor, multi-application to converge on the same infrastructure. Uh, Ethernet remained de facto uh, the, the most harmonized standard on the world, and the future of a smart building, I think it's it's clear and, and is clear and clear looking forward that uh, operational technology and the, t and, and the business IT in a smart building, you start to have this operational technology network that used as a um, convergence backbone uh, with everything, especially after the two years of pandemic and, and the future of a building. You invest in a technology, you invest in use cases, uh, the ability to be flexible, to adjust, to, to change and modify uh, the, the space utilization eventually. And the, the scope and the utilization of the space is very important. And this type of investment in the smart building make this possible. Uh, Companies start to really recognize that is, uh, it's an investment that provides a substantial uh, return of investment. Uh, uh, and, and looking forward, I believe the there are applications that are emerging that, that are not even available today. But when you have a, a, a smart building 
developed and deployed like Pen1, you are on a good track to add uh, incrementally uh, potential use cases, potential application, and even adding eventually few devices uh, to make uh, new needs uh, becoming and serving your customer that are the occupant of the building and eventually the people that manage and maintain the building. Yeah, this is David from Mako. I think I could just echo everything that has been said. Um, I think Mako has been very proud to be a participant and a partner on the Cisco Pen One office project. I think our our future, what does it hold for us? We we want to in essence try and enhance and increase the number of motors that are operated per port. Some really rewarding comments that have come back from visitors to the Pen One offices have said how they like all the shades moving in unison. And when we can tell them that's actually operating off two to three ports for an entire elevation, people are stunned. They, they just cannot believe that this technology exists. It is being, it is being has been around, it is being enhanced, and ultimately we, we want to see that develop further. Things that have been mentioned to date um, include the sharing of data, and this this is something which we're we're enhancing all the time. Um, we're actually we have got sensors within our motors, which we can now make that data available to other systems in the building to actually tell you what the temperature is within the pocket, which is the area which con contains the actual roller shade, what that temperature is during the course of the day, whether it has had solar exposure or whether it hasn't. But ultimately, the purpose of a shading system is there to make sure that the space is comfortable for the occupant. So we want to enhance the user experience and how they can actually adapt to this new hybrid form of the workplace. Thank you all so much for coming on the podcast. I really enjoyed this discussion on the Cisco Pen1 office and just smart buildings in general. And listeners, if you'd like to see a virtual reality experience of the Cisco office that we talked about today and the websites of all the partner companies that were here on the podcast, as well as some Cisco smart building resources, check out the links in the description below.